morning, everyone. I want to welcome you to your service this morning and anyone uh, who's watching online as well. Um, it's a beautiful morning. It's good to see the sunshine. Um, as you'll know by now that due to circumstances beyond our control, uh, this weekend in Bush Mills, where we were meant to go, was cancelled. Uh, so I didn't expect to be here this morning, but I am more than happy to sit back and... Uh, <laughs> After last week, <laughs> I enjoyed John's ministry um, very much. So, looking forward to it. Just a couple of announcements. Um, the moderator of the General Assembly has made an appeal to the Presbyterian Church in Ireland uh, to help Tear Fund and Christian Aid as they try to deal with the horrific suffering of the people of Ukraine. Um, you'll have received an envelope uh, within your order of service this morning. And uh, we're going to let that run th this week and next week and possibly the following week, uh, see how things are going. And again, I know it was only recently we asked with regards to Afghanistan, but we appreciate your generosity. Let me just read a little bit from the moderator's letter. Um, further to my letter last week calling for congregations to pray for the situation in Ukraine, tragically the bombardment of Ukraine and its people by Putin's forces has continued and the fear and suffering of people living in the country has increased each day. The United Nations estimates 800,000 people have fled the country due to the war so far, and many more are expected to follow. Following consultation with colleagues today, I'm launching a moderator's appeal towards the emergency relief effort to help people in Ukraine and those fleeing the conflict, and I am confident our members will respond as generously as they have on many previous occasions to similar appeals. In anticipation of your response, we are immediately releasing £60,000 to be distributed equally to PCI's relief and development partners, Christian Aid and Tear Fund, and also to the Reformed Church in Hungary. So, um, yeah. So keep them in your thoughts and prayers. I'm glad to announce, though, that uh, our mission grant for a community outreach worker uh, has been approved. It's a real answer to prayer. We still need uh, a little clarification of the terms and the conditions, which we'll get tomorrow. And subject to that being satisfactory, we'll proceed to advertising the post later in the week. And if all proceeds as planned, we hope to have our community outreach worker in place in June. And we'll keep you updated uh, as the recruitment process rolls out. Um, also, just another couple of announcements. I have now a work phone uh, supplied by the church. I just want to thank you so much for that and uh, for an iPad that was given for my work as well. Um, and it's to try and keep my, my work calls and my family life a wee bit separate. Uh, so I, I thank you for that. And if you have my personal mobile number, uh, as many of you will have uh, from me ringing you in that, may I ask you to replace it uh, with my work mobile number, which is written on the order of service. Thank you for that. Looking forward uh, this Saturday to the Men's Fellowship uh, on Saturday the 12th of March in the Salty Dog at 8 a.m. Um, uh, every man is very, very welcome. <laughs> And uh, we're not discriminatory, so if a woman happens to turn up, you know, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Uh, the speaker is Mark Gordon, who is pastor in the Shiloh Fellowship in Bangor. And just finally, I was asked this morning to announce just there's no Sunday club, but the young people, 
They have continued, they've been doing with Barry uh, over the weekend, Friday night, Saturday, yesterday, and they're continuing uh, the topic of the vision for the church. So um, they're going to be going out at the usual time uh, to carry that on. Thank you very much. And I'll hand over to John. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. The things that um, people do to have a Sunday off, Well, it's good to be here. Let's begin just with some words from Scripture. Romans 5, verse 5 says this, And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us, because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Let's just bow for a moment in prayer. Let's pray. Lord, just help us this day to make this day a day of rest, a day of quietness and confidence, that we may just feel your presence with us and know your love surrounding us, that we may rejoice and in this time together really worship you. For Jesus' sake, amen. Our opening prayer is one that I think is new to many of you. Um, I think we did it in Life Lounge some time ago, but I'm not sure we've done it in church. It's called Waymaker, and we're going to have karaoke again, so it'll be played through the speakers for you. So let's just stand as we join together. I think you catch on to the tune fairly quickly. Waymaker.
You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I can see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Let's join together once again in prayer. Let's pray. Father, you have shown your love for all humanity in Jesus, who lived our life and died our death. Oh, what a love it is. We cannot truly, fully appreciate such a love as this. But in confidence of that love, we come now to find strength and hope for living. We come to receive fresh confidence to go on proclaiming your love to our fellow human beings so that hope may increase, the seeds of joy be planted in their hearts, and human life be covered more and more by the glory of the risen Christ. But though your love for us is so great, our love for you is lacking in so many ways. For we turn against you so often. So easily we are sucked in by the standards of the world. So that today a Christian can hardly be distinguished from those who do not know or love the Lord. Forgive us, Father. For we should show the signs of Christ in us. Our love for others should set us apart. Our care and our concern should be humbling and easily seen. For these are not really the things of this world. Our giving in time, in money, in effort, and in honest dealings should be something distinguished. But so often... We are just like everyone else. We accept the word standards, world standards, almost without question. We can know hate and revenge. We can simply lack the fear of the Lord. Guide us and help us, our Father, 
make us willing to change for Christ's sake, we ask, as we join together in the prayer that he taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Now I realize there are probably not many boys and girls with us this morning, but I'm going to come down to the front anyway. And I don't think I've even enough for four volunteers. So, uh, because we knew most people would be away, but that, of course, did change. And I was going, you can all join in. You really, I did a children's address, must have been three years ago, which I called something like daft mathematics. Well, I hope you're up to a bit of maths this morning. As we say in Northern Ireland, a bit of maths, rather than a bit of maths, but anyway. Um, I was going to use these, but they don't need to. I'll just show you it on the screen, if I can. Um, you ready? There's the first problem for you. Anybody like to shout at this really difficult problem? Four, right. Well, let, let's see if it's correct. Well, that's what it said. Let's see. Oh, look, you got fireworks. You never got this at school. Uh, big take. All right, next problem. You ready? This gets more difficult. Three. Okay, well, let's, we'll put that up. Well, we check that one, see if it's right. Oh, more fireworks. This is about the standard of my mouth, man. <laughs> and the, the last one I was going to show you. Nothing. All right. And we'll try that one. Oh, brilliant. Three out of three. You know, give yourselves an applause. <laughs> going to show you something slightly different, okay? Piece of paper. And we were dealing there really with number four. So we count the corners. One, two, three, four. Okay? And if there have been... Could you come to the front for me? Would you? Yeah? No, don't worry. Right, I'm going to cut. Uh, see, the second problem was four minus one. So if I cut one corner off, then the answer you give me, well, and I would have given you this if you'd been here. It's good in the way for a person like that. Um, so if I count the corners now, one, two, three, four, five. How did that happen? Surely the answer is three. Must have got that. We'll try that one again. Got another corner off. And so we've taken two corners away from four. We should have two. One, two, three, four, five, six. And I can keep going. And 
You know, if we take another two corners off, well, that was our last problem. Four, take away four. I've taken off the four corners, but now I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So it appears that four minus four equals eight. Now, they never taught you this at school. But actually, it's better than that. You see, it seems to be the more we give away God's love, the more there is. Instead of taking it away, it seems to add. But it's even more than this, because if I had given that to someone, I asked them to, uh, how many corners they had, I'd given them one. Well, if you count the three, plus that, and if I count all four of those at three each, there's 12 plus eight, 20, unless my mass has gone completely haywire. So four, take away four, is 20. How about that for strange mathematics? And if I keep going with this, you know, and I cut another quarter off there, and I cut, I always seem to make a mess when I come here. And I keep going, you can see what's eventually going to happen. You know, you just get more and more corners. But can you see if I keep going with that, this gets more and more a circle. And it reminds me, and all of us, that God's love encompasses all of us. He loves us all. And please remember, the more you share God's love, simply the more there is to go around. You don't take away from God. You don't add anything to God either, but share his love amongst us. What a wonderful thing just to share the love of God with someone else. So we're going to sing a hymn for the boys and girls and any who are listening at home. Um, which I have the wrong one here, but which one are we going? That's it, thank you. I've obviously got an old order of service I typed and then changed it. I am so glad that our Father in heaven.
Our scripture, our first scripture lesson, Old Testament lesson today comes from Exodus 19, and Rosemary is going to read it for us. On the first day of the third month after the Israelites left Egypt, on that very day, they came to the desert of Sinai. After they set out from Rephidim, they entered the desert of Sinai, and Israel camped there in the desert in front of the mountain. Then Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain and said, This is what you are to say to the descendants of Jacob, and what you are to tell the people of Israel. You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt, and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words you are to speak to the Israelites. So Moses went back and summoned the elders of the people and set before them all the words that the Lord had commanded him to speak. The people all responded together, we will do everything the Lord has said. Amen. We come now to our prayers of intercession. And obviously with the situation in Ukraine, we want to think of that very much today. Just to give you a little bit of background before all of the present war started, we actually need to thank God for the rich Christian heritage in Ukraine. It began really in Kiev over a thousand years ago. But churches there suffered greatly until independence in 1991, and millions of Christians through the years have died. Until the invasion, the impact of the church has been great in Ukraine. Evangelicals emerged from 130 years of persecution with larger numbers and a stronger faith. The present generation in Ukraine has a spiritual drive and vision that is different from the generations before. The population of Ukraine, if Chris, you could put the high pile up for me, please. The population is about 44 million before this present war began and about 79% of the population was Christian. With that, we have the moderator's appeal. We know that we have all contributed to Afghanistan just recently, but this is a major problem going on at the moment. And so just some pictures literally taken from there, but of course things changed. The moderator's letter came out over a week ago, 
And as Mark read it to you, you have noticed it said about 800,000 had left. These slides were made and it was about 1.4 million had left and they expect that to be over 1.5 million today. That is nearly the entire population, the equivalent of the entire population of Northern Ireland moving out. Can you imagine this place, just empty houses, nothing about, nobody. That number of people. It's even worse because a lot of the houses would have been destroyed by bombing and so on. And so it is into that situation that we need to pray. And as always, we as a church use tear fund and Christian aid to share the money out working in that area. But we're also using the Hungarian Reformed Church, their program, because they are actually in situ, helping the people, especially in Poland and so on, where people have gone. So that's what we need to think about in our prayers today. So let's just pray. Lord, you are God over all. And we know that Satan is active in the world. And he works so often through political leaders to cause wars that people don't want. And we see that happening yet again and it has caused us much shock and heartache for the poor people of Ukraine. And so we pray that there would be an immediate ceasefire. We think of the one arranged for midday today to let some people out of one of the towns. We hope that they do not get bombed yet again. Lord, just pray, we pray for their safety as they try to escape from this at this time. We pray especially for an end to this war. And also that it would not escalate between Russia and the Western world into a full-scale world war. We pray for peace. As we pray as well, for all of those who are affected by this war, those who are grieving the loss of their loved ones, those who can't even bury their loved ones, those who are injured, those who are now homeless, those who have fled the country. We pray for those who are sheltering in fear, those underground, day after day, and those fighting for freedom, and those protesting for peace. And we pray for the large Christian community in Ukraine. We pray that through this dreadful time, they would know that you, our God, is with them, that you won't abandon them, that you are with them always, their strength, their hope. May they be a witness to all others around them. May they help 
in the time of distress and fear. And we pray as well for those who have fled and those who are trying to flee to get away from this war. Those who are displaced and now have no idea what the future holds for them. May each and every one of them find safety, find shelter, water, food, medical and mental help that they will need coming through all of us. May all the help that we can do go to them to help them in their time of need. And we pray for all of the aid agencies. May they be kept safe. May the news reporters be kept safe as they bring us the truth. But may those aid agencies really be of great help to those at this dreadful time. And so, Lord, we pray that this would end quickly and peacefully as we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We turn to Scripture once again, this time to uh, the last book in the Bible, the book of the Revelation. And we're reading Revelation 1, verses 1 to 8. Let us hear the word of God. The revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show his servants that... Sorry, I lost my place trying to move that back. Uh, made known by sending his angel to a servant, John, who testifies to everything he saw, that is, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written in it, because the time is near. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us, and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and has made us to be a kingdom and priests, to serve his God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all peoples on earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Amen. And may God bless to us this reading from his word. We stand to sing one that we have done before, the breaking of the dawn. Let us praise God.
Sorry, I had that in the wrong place on my slides. I thought I had checked it and I hadn't, so I have to come back through. Oh, too far. There That seems to have got no oh, wrong one. There we are. But we've called up at last. Last Sunday in the family service, Mark took as a theme with God, nothing is impossible. I want in a sense to continue that thought a little bit today. Well, really in a sense looking at other aspects of God. And this time looking from Revelation chapter one, verses the second part of verse five and the first part of verse 6, which, when talking about Jesus Christ, says this, To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve as God and Father, to him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. In this, there are sort of three main points. The first is, that he loves us. The second is that he has freed us. And the third is that he has made us. And so I want to look at those three things today. The first is that he has loved us. At times in the history of the church, there has been an overemphasis on God as a judge. But over more recent decades, the emphasis has really been on God as the one who loves. But we have to be careful here because to emphasize one and ignore the other is to be untruthful about who God is because he is both at the same time. And yet in a world where so many really are living well below their potential, the need to feel loved is so important. When Martin Luther was printing his translation of the Bible in Germany, pieces of the printed scripture fell on the floor. A young girl picked one of them up and read the phrase on it which said, for God so loved the world that he gave. And it was only a little piece, and that was all that was on it. The rest of it was missing. But that moment for her was a defining experience because she had been brought up to hear about God as judge and the one to be dreaded so often that suddenly something sparked in her life. She, she ran home excited and passed this little bit of paper to her mother and was talking endlessly about this wonderful discovery. Her mother read it and a little bit perplexed says, but what did he give? And of course the young girl, because the rest of it was missing, had no idea what God had given. But then suddenly a thought struck her and her face lit up again and she said, I don't know, but if he loved us enough to give us anything, then we don't need to be afraid of him. Yes, he is a judge. And those who ignore him and refuse to accept him will know of his terrible judgment on that day. 
But for those of us who love him, what a difference that outcome will be for us. I always remember at school, when it came to PE, the teacher, I'm sure this happened to many of you, the teacher would line us all up, and then he'd pick two and out, and they would then start calling out names to select the two teams to play. Now, I don't know about you, but guess where I was? I was never, ever, not even once, selected to come out and pick a team. I was the one at the end. Or, they are. You're as daft as me. Um, but yeah, it does hit you, doesn't it, when you're always the one sort of, oh, after him. But one day, something similar happened to this young boy who was always the last pick. Two big boys had come along to join in. And they, being older, were allowed to pick the team, the two teams. And the first one chosen was this young boy who was always last. Why? Can you figure it out? Well, the answer is actually quite simple. The two were brothers. And they loved each other. And so he picked him first. So it is with God. So be very clear on this in your own hearts. He chose us nothing to do with our ability whatsoever. He chose us because he loves us. Think about that for a moment. Think about it through this week. Think what that means and how that should change your life. Let me give you an example. How forgiving would you be if you had a pet that messed the carpet several times every day? Every day. I think eventually most of us would probably give up on the pet and hand them into the Assisi Animal Sanctuary or try to sell them off and unscrupulous ones would probably leave them tied at the side of a road somewhere. God's love and forgiveness is astounding. He is disappointed every time we mess up, every time we sin, but he keeps on loving us. God's love is unconditional, like no other love. God's love is never-ending. It never runs out. We keep messing up, but it's fortunate for us that it doesn't run out, because we do mess up many times every day. He loves us so much that he sent Jesus to live among us and die for us. And that moves us on to the second point in this, and that is that he has freed us. The story goes that at a farmer's market, there was a covey of quail walking around the pole. They had strings attached to their legs, and they walked in circles hour after hour. Customers saw this and purchased all the birds, and then went about cutting the string. You can imagine what happened. 
they continued to walk around the pole in the same circles. They did not know that they were free and could go in any direction. He had to shoo them off in the end. Aren't we like that? His death was the sacrifice that made atonement for our sins. He died in our place, giving his life as a ransom to set us free from sin's penalty and power. We have been redeemed, and the liberating power of the cross is still at work in us today. But so often, we go on in life as we were still, as if we were still fettered to the past. Have you ever confessed some sin to Jesus, and then day after day confessed it again and again? When we confess in repentance, we are freed. In God's eyes, we are no longer tied to that sin. But our thinking is so often twisted. Like something I read recently about America, but a lot of this actually applies to us as well nowadays. It said this, only in America can a pizza get to your house faster than an ambulance? Unfortunately, that's true here as well at the moment. Only in America are there handicapped parking places in front of a skating rink. Only in America, I love this one, only in America do drugstores make the sick walk all the way to the back of the store to get their prescriptions while healthy people buy cigarettes at the front. Thankfully, our chemist shops have more sense than to sell cigarettes at all, so we don't have that. But yes, they still make the ill walk to the back, don't they? Only in America do people order double cheeseburgers, large fries, and a diet Coke. Think about it. Only in America do we leave cars worth thousands of dollars in the driveway and put our junk in the garage? Hands up those who are guilty. <laughs> Aren't we? A lot of us are well garage just like that. The car stays out and he can't even get into the garage. Let's get our thinking straightened out. Because of what Jesus did for us on the cross, we are free. Why can't we hear that? Really in ourselves, really deep down. Once an American airman with the surname of MacDonald, which seems strange because he was with the Scottish chaplain. It sounds like a very Scottish name. But he was American. I don't know the name of the Scottish chaplain, but they bailed out of a plane. It was during the war. They were behind German lines. And they were captured and put in a prison camp. MacDonald in the American side and uh, the Scottish man, the chaplain, in the British side. The Germans had put a wire fence between the American and the British prisoners. And it was impossible for the two sides to communicate with each other privately. But the Americans had managed to put together a homemade radio 
so that they could get the news from outside. More precious in the prison camp than even the food. And every day MacDonald and the Scot would meet at the fence and exchange a brief greeting. Since the two men spoke Gaelic, which the Germans couldn't understand, the greeting consisted really of the latest headlines. Finally, the news came that the war was over. The German high command had surrendered. And after MacDonald had transmitted this news to his friend, he watched him disappear into the British barracks. The camp was transformed. Men sang and shouted, waved and smiled at the bewildered guards. When the news finally filtered down to the guards three nights later, they simply walked away from their posts, leaving the gates unlocked. The next morning, the prisoners walked out as free men. But if you stop to think about that, they had actually been set free three days earlier, simply by knowing the truth that the war was over. And lastly, well, we could say before that, that when you accept Jesus as Lord, the war between you, your fight, as it were, with God to reject him is over. You are free. And then lastly, he has made us. Or to quote more fully that verse, he has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. If we look back in the Old Testament, we find in our first reading, Exodus 19, 5 and 6. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations, you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. I'll give you another example. In the New Testament, in 1 Peter 2, 9, we find, but you are a chosen people, a holy priest, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The purpose of God is being worked out in the world through the church. We are called to be the expression of his kingdom, living under his rule and reign, and demonstrating his goodness to a watching world. At the same time, we are called to be worshippers, standing before him as priests and declaring his praises. The story is told of a man who was taking a walk down a country lane when he came across a stone quarry in which a number of men were working. He questioned several about the men about what they were doing. The first replied with a bit of irritation, can't you see I'm hewing a stone? The second answered without looking up, I'm earning a hundred pounds a week. But when the same question was put to a third man, he stopped. He put his pick down, he stood up, stuck out his chest and said, if you want to know what I am doing, I'm building a cathedral. So it's a matter of how far you look. 
The first man couldn't see beyond the end of his pick. The second beyond his Friday pay packet. But the third man looked beyond his tools and his wages to the ultimate end that he was serving. He was cooperating with the architect. And that is what we are called to do. That's what it means to be a kingdom. I heard about an expert in diamonds who happened to be seated on an airplane beside a woman with a huge diamond on her finger. Finally, the man introduced himself. I couldn't help but notice your beautiful diamond. I'm an expert in precious stones. Tell me about that stone. She replied, that's the famous Klopman diamond, one of the largest in the world. But there's a strange curse that comes with it. And the man was really interested. He said, I've never actually heard about the Copland diamond, but what's this curse? He said, ah, Mr. Copland. You can have all the diamonds and jewels and everything else in the world, but there's a curse if you leave out God. The curse is eternal damnation. What are you clinging to? And I can ask myself that as well. What am I clinging to that's preventing me from really receiving the kingdom? Yes, God loves us totally, completely, and without that love ever weakening or tiring. He has freed us from the punishment due to us for our sin. And he has made us a kingdom, his body on earth, to worship him and to witness for him. So, go out into your neighborhood, into the world where you work and play, in love, as free people, and as a witness to that love and that freedom. Let's pray. Lord our God, yes, we can so often know in theory about your love and how much you care about us. Help us to internalize that. Make it real for each of us in our own hearts, in our own minds. Then may we really understand the freedom we have, freedom from the curse of sin and death. Freedom to be with you forever in all glory. And may we go out to a very needy, a world about us that is in such a state to show and to tell of the greatness of our God. We ask it in the Saviour's name. Amen. Our closing praise is, Go forth and tell.
Before the benediction, just let me remind you that there is a cup of tea available afterwards. Please stay and join with us. The benediction. Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and remain with each of us this day and forevermore. Amen.